GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and I'm joined by a man who one day hopes to have seven kids of his own, just in case Malfoy decides to shoot one. Hovercraft Joe. I mean, he also stabbed one. Uh, and if I'm going to have seven kids, I probably need to at least have four that I don't know about already. So <laughs> I don't know. You could, you know, have like twins and a bunch of times. Um. Anyways, we are joined. <laughs> we are joined tonight by a man also working on having seven kids. The Tush, Tush, welcome sure. back. Condoms are for sailors. <laughs> Coming in. Oh, wow. Um. So as we have discussed, we're no longer doing theme months. Uh. So we're just doing movies we want to do. Uh. And we are talking about uh the Patriot, uh the year two thousands, the Patriot, a movie I feel like we've talked about covering. Um, for a long time on the podcast, uh, and finally getting to so long that I may have forgotten that I don't really like it. But stay tuned for that. <laughs> stay stay tuned. You don't like America. Stay stay tuned for that. I may I maybe I don't dislike it, but maybe I don't have the same feelings I thought I had on it. But uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, so this movie comes out on June twenty seventh in the year two thousand. Um, I'll, I'll go first and say, I remember seeing this in the theaters, uh, a couple days before my birthday, turning 20, big year. Uh, I remember seeing it in the theaters and liking it. Um, I own it on DVD, which isn't really a mark of anything. Cause I feel like I just bought every movie back then. Um, but I have seen it a few times since, but it, it, it been, you know, at least a decade since last time I watched it. Um, and I just, it's way longer than I ever remember it being. So um, what about you, uh, Tush? I mean, I definitely saw it opening night uh, at the movie theater. It would have been the AMC 20. And that was the last time they updated their seats to the AMC 20. <laughs> Update your seats, you cheap bastards. You literally advertise luxury seats on the screen. And I'm sitting there in a crappy old felt seat. Ridiculous AMC 20. I've been to other great AMC theaters, the AMC 20 in Livonia. Bunch of bullshit. Thank you. That's I mean, over. That's the opening night. I mean, I was, I was kind of, because I, I did, I kind of looked at like everyone was really hoping this would be the next Braveheart because Mel Gibson made Braveheart in '95, and they're like, we're okay, we're waiting. Where he made like he made some good movies. He made Lethal Weapon Four. He made Payback, but he didn't make one like Braveheart. And so like, and I think, see, I actually. Remember, I like it more than when I first saw it because at the time I was just so disappointed it wasn't Braveheart, you know. So, all right, uh, I'm not saying it's perfect. We'll get into that later, though. <laughs> uh, what about you, uh, LBJ? Uh, I was obviously with you when we saw it in the theater. <laughs> okay, um, and I've seen it a couple times since then. I also uh, I own it on DVD. However, all my DVDs were packed away, so I had to <laughs> buy it again digitally so i could watch it um i rented it because as uh listeners of the podcast will know i accidentally unhooked my blu-ray player and still have not hooked it back up that is yet, correct. so i have the cop i have a copy of the regular and a copy of the extended edition but i couldn't get my um external dvd player to work on my laptop uh, earlier so i had to buy it on um, the digital copy, so yeah, so and that's what I wanted it, to bring up. I will watch a few more times. That's what I wanted to bring up is is I bought it on digital copy, not realizing not realizing I bought the extended edition, uh, and so I went to sit down to watch it, and I'm like, oh, I can't remember how long this movie is, and then I'm like, oh, it's three hours long. <laughs> the extended well, edition is three hours long. Well, I feel like the extended edition is like two hours and fifty five minutes, but mind you, the regular version is like two hours and forty four minutes. So is it really? Yeah. Yes. Wow. All right. I didn't realize that the regular <laughs> yes. version was that that long. The too. regular version is already that long. Wow. So. But anyway, um, yeah. So I, I've watched it a couple times since then. 
Um, I completely, I don't know why, I always thought this was a PG-13 movie. Oh, no. I thought the same thing for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why either. I didn't remember it was um, R until I until that dude's head got blown off with a cannon. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, that's right. This is this is an R-rated movie. I forgot completely. Yeah. Um, the guy okay. tries to stop the stop the cannonball with his foot, and then like, Whoop, there it goes. I, I, yep. I don't know. I don't know if that's what he was trying to do. Well, also, yeah. I mean, how else would you stop it? Also, I don't yeah. understand cannonballs because I thought they exploded, but apparently yeah. they just hit the ground and roll around. Most cannonballs do not explode. Shot, but that was later. Right. It was, that came later, and um, yeah, at this time it would have been you know just a solid ball. I do like the idea, uh, and we're going to get into the numbers here in a second, uh, but I like the idea that it's like, you know, they talk about, like, uh, Cornwallis, he was such, like, a brilliant tactician, but seemingly all the battles were like, yeah, just, like, stand in front of each other and shoot, and almost, like, take turns shooting, like, okay, you shoot, and then we'll shoot, and then you'll shoot, and then eventually we'll just run at each other and try and stab each other. Yeah, I mean, so there is, I mean... That was the way it went in some battles. This movie does play fast and loose with some of the uh, the warfare. Um, and, you know, we'll get more into that later. But, yeah, I mean, though that was, I mean, like, by this time they would have, like, you know, they would sometimes use fortifications, earthworks, stuff like that. But there was still sometimes these battles where it's like, okay, go out there and uh, shoot at each other, you know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand uh, that one bit. It didn't make any <laughs> sense to me whatsoever. Um, okay, so uh, the budget of this movie is $110 million. Uh, its domestic gross, Eek, is $113 million, So, And then it goes on worldwide to make $215 million. So yeah. a success... This is before they spent so much on marketing. So it's definitely made a profit. Yeah, but not like a huge profit. But no, it and it's crazy. weird that this movie came out like in June. It's a patriotic movie, thus called The Patriot. And... It didn't, like, take the U.S. by storm. You know, this is one of those Independence Day-style movies that should have done better than it did. Maybe people saw the almost three-hour runtime. It's probably a couple things working against it was. I really do think we were like, oh, well, it's not as good as Braveheart, you know? Maybe. So it didn't – and it's like there was – before the movie came out, there was Oscar buzz. After it came out, there there was no Oscar buzz. And – then also the fact that it was R-rated, where it's Independence Day PG thirteen R-rated, you know R-rated. You can it's back. That was this was pre Deadpool and pre The Passion, so R-rated did have kind of a limit. It wasn't a horror movie. That's fair. You know? Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, okay, so the Rotten Tomatoes on this is sixty two percent, just over fifty percent, and well higher than the nine percent that Beverly Hills Cop three uh, got, and the audience score is eighty one percent. So it was so. Bo- Beloved by audiences, but again, the audience score is fishy. So, okay, there's another thing with the critical score. You have to take into account that English critics are a bunch of thin-skinned bitches. Oh, yeah. So that is, like, you read, like, that's even in a lot of the notes you read, that, like, the English, for having this massive worldwide empire that was known for, like, you know, purposely starving people in Ireland and India to death and stuff like that, they're super thin-skinned when you make them the bad guys in movies. They're like, oh, stiff over lip. You can't make us bad, you know? That it's flaw- like, flawless it's- British accent. Thank you. I was wonderful. trying to go for a more upper class. I, I normally go with a Cockney accent, but that wouldn't gotcha. make sense. So, yeah, like, that's when you read, like, some things, like, there's, like, oh, oh, it's so terrible. Like, there was once even an Errol Flynn movie banned in England that didn't give the English proper credit for know. a battle. I don't know anyone I've ever met who brings up Errol Flynn more than you do. Yeah, I'm a fan. Not his personal life. Guy likes teenage girls. Was it? Oh, I thought he. I thought he was the one who was like a Nazi sympathizer. That was that was that was all a false narrative written by like a guy who wanted to write biography and made it up all completely whole cloth. That's not what the Rocketeer has me to believe. Anyways, (laughs) fucking Tito. Okay. So, top grossing movies of 2000. Uh, the top grossing movies of 2000, by the way, are a real mixed bag. You got number <laughs> you got number one, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Number two, yeah. Castaway, and number three, Mission Impossible Two. Um, 
This movie, The Patriot, comes in 19th in the domestic box office in uh, the year 2000. And other movies we have covered on this podcast in the year 2000 are number four, uh, Gladiator, uh, number eight, X-Men, and number 22, Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, this movie, uh, surprisingly enough, I forgot that it's directed by Roland Emmerich, which I, I mean, I, yeah, like that was, I kind of forgot that he directed this because like this movie, like you said, like, I think maybe they thought this is going to be like, oh, this is like a real like Braveheart, like, but yeah. like, it's not like, it's not well, like, you know, like, it's so like a Mel Gibson movie about the American revolution. They fight, decide to get a gay German to direct it. <laughs> Like like uh, LBJ said, this movie kind of takes a turn when you see a guy get his head full knocked off by a cannonball, and you're like, oh, okay, all right. I have a lot of thoughts about the plot of this movie, um, where like seemingly they spend two hours and twenty minutes of the runtime, like making you like. It's like I get that Jason Isaac is a bad guy. It's like stop. Like he's just gonna have to keep doing. Like you've established enough of a reason for him to be a bad guy <laughs> and for Mel Gibson to want to kill him. Stop piling on. Like I, I love get that. it. Like they make him such a bad guy that even the other bad guys think he's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> like whoa, take it, take it down a notch, bad guy. You know? Also, you know what I was thinking of? They really kind of like. They, I don't know. We're kind of getting off course here but i just want to say so now they set up like like adam baldwin's t- terrible in this movie right he's like a oh, traitor yeah. and also yeah. but like do we even see what happens to him like dude no. does he get killed he get or killed. like i mean in this movie he hates rebels as much as real life adam baldwin hates female video game uh, developers <laughs> Jeez, always tying in the real life events um True. but yeah i kind of thought that was weird that they spent so much time like establishing him as like this traitor bad guy that's like oh whatever i don't know he gets lost in the shuffle he's really surprised when jason isaac decides to call yeah. for a charge and then after that it's like he dies i, don't like, know. I gotta leave set to shoot firefly guys so uh <laughs> just like make my character disappear um and then uh so so roland emmerich directed it uh the writer is robert rodat i guess i don't know about him and i don't he like wrote, to talk uh, about the. he wrote saving prime wine all right um but I will say, I don't like to talk about the music, but I didn't realize that John Williams did the music for this, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was kind of interesting and probably not a highlight on his resume. <laughs> well, but the weird thing is the music I just read was reused for uh, President Obama's inauguration. So. Yeah, I feel like the music shows up. Like The, the main theme shows up in different places. I don't, I don't yeah. think it's bad, but I'm just saying if you're looking at John Williams' oh, it body of work, you're not going to be like, hey. Lot, though. But that, yeah. it, it doesn't have like the staple John Williams sound to it either. Yeah. Like if you, if you put this on and said, oh, you guess who this is? John Williams is probably not your first guess. Yeah. Well, there's no, I'm not saying he doesn't do a lot of stuff. You'd be surprised. I'm just saying if you're listing like his top 10 to five, you know, or scores that he's done for movies, this isn't going to be in it. Oh no, definitely not. That's all I'm saying. Um, okay, uh, this movie stars, well, Mel Gibson, obviously, that's why Tush is here, uh, 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 the dearly departed Heath Ledger, R.I.P. Heath yeah. Ledger, uh, Jolie Richardson, uh, the, aforementioned, <laughs> the aforementioned Jason Isaacs, uh, Chris Cooper, uh, I forgot that Donnell, Don, Donnell Don, Logue? Donnell Logue shows up. Uh, He's coming Logan, that guy phase. Uh, Tom Wilkinson, uh, Adam Baldwin, you mentioned anyone that you guys. Yeah, I, I, I always sure. butcher his name, but Checky Cario. Yeah, Checky Cario. Bad guy in um, Kiss of the Dragon. He shows uh, up he, in a he, lot of he, random he, things. He's a, Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. He was in The Bear. Not the not the sandwich show, the movie about the bear. Oh, oh Cocaine Bear? No. Oh, just The Bear. Oh, yeah. No. Um, and then, okay. oh, yeah, there's a couple like other people like yeah. here and there that like, like oh, it's that guy. And, you know, uh, Odo from Deep Space Nine, Rene Aubergenois. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, guys? No? Right. No? Leon Rippey? Come on, he shows up in all kinds of different things. Like that it's great true. series Saving Grace with, you know, that can, never mind. All right. Uh, uh, you, you guys want to do some Holly network? Hunter? Is Holly Hunter in Saving Grace? No, no, no. She's not. Okay. 
You want to do some net worth? Sure. All right. Let's start off with Tom Wilkinson. He's got that sweet, sweet uh, in the bedroom money. What do you think for Tom Wilkinson Tush? Well, he's got that sweet, sweet Batman Begins money. So I couldn't think of a, of a bad one he was in. So I'm going to say he's worth $15 million. High taxes in England. Uh, what do you what do you think, LPJ? I can't think of anything else he's in. Um, I know I've seen him in a million things, but I can't. He's think in Valkyrie. Of any he's got of sweet, sweet Valkyrie money. He's sure. got that sweet, sweet Full Monty money. Oh, oh yeah, it. that was it. That was the one I saw, guys. That's the why show. I know him. It's Full Monty. Uh, I'll go seven million. Twelve million dollars for Tom <laughs> Wilkinson. All right, next up, Adam Baldwin. He's got that sweet, sweet Chuck money what do you think lbj for adam baldwin oh he's got that sweet sweet firefly money come on you can't uh, doubt you weren't firefly. even trying no well, well you have to it, that's what he's known for uh i'll go five million uh what do you think tush he's got that sweet sweet season five of angel money <laughs> oh um, good call that was that was he was a great character i i like i, you know, I really like him as an actor but the things i read about him online are weird as hell but anyway um i'd say he's got nine million <laughs> LPJ gets it right on the button. Five million dollars for yes. Adam there Baldwin. Is next up Donnell 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 Loge. He's got that sweet sweet original Wesley Snipes Blade money. What do you <laughs> think? What do you think, Tush, for uh, Mr. Loge Loge? Sweet sweet the big T starring Craig Ferguson money. Um, I'm going to say, you know, he has had stay TV work. I'm going to say he's got $10 million. Okay. Uh, LPJ. He's got, did you have to think about who I was? <laughs> yeah, I was having a, I was having a moment. I'm getting old. You got to give me a break, dude. He's got that sweet, sweet Gotham money. <laughs> I feel like that Not one. even trying. Uh, I'll go, I'll go $10 million. $3 million. Oh, $3 just so you guys know, Joe uh, Hovercraft Joe is getting old. He's got one of those listening things up to the speaker with computer that the guy had with like the horn. Yeah, the guy. Oh man, he was such a fun character that he got burned alive at a church. Jesus. <laughs> I think that entire town we could have had less of them, but we'll get into it. Um, okay. <laughs> Next up is uh, Chris Cooper. He's got that sweet, sweet. He's in one or two of the Bourne movies. Money. Yep. Uh, uh, first one. He's in the first Bourne one. Yeah, he's in the first one. He's uh, in the second so the, one too, kind of. The, he's got that sweet, sweet Bourne identity money. What do you think, LPJ for Chris Cooper? He's got that sweet, sweet, really creepy neighbor in American Beauty money. Uh, I'll go twelve million. Okay, what do you think, uh, Tush? He's got that sweet, sweet, the Muppets money. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. <laughs> That's a good one. You win, uh, you win the battle of Chris like, Cooper money. I think I think he's got uh, $15 million. Only $6 million. Yeah, Only Cooper. $6 million. He's a better Cooper. agent. Uh, next up is Jason Isaacs, and he's got that sweet, sweet Harry Potter money. That's the only thing I could think of. Uh, Tush, what do you think? Or <laughs> that sweet, sweet Blackhawk Down money. Oh, what uh, LPJ's favorites. Love yeah. that movie, guys. Love it. Um, I I think he's probably got. I'm just gonna stick with ten million. Okay, what do you think, LPJ? Well, I think what you guys are really missing out on is, is he's got that sweet, sweet Event Horizon money, which Ooh. is a movie I want to do on this podcast real bad. Real bad. Okay, I love it. We'll record the same night you do Money Ducks too with Jody. Ooh, just I like to even that. it out a bit. Uh, I'll go. I bet he made a fair amount of money from Harry Potter. I'm going to go 25 million. Eight million. Only eight million. Uh-huh. He barely. He didn't. He didn't invest his uh, Lucius Malfoy money that well. Apparently, clearly not. Um, and then finally, Dave's close personal friend Mel Gibson. Uh, we've done him many times on the show. He's got that sweet, sweet Expendables three money. What do you think, LBJ, for Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson's got that sweet. Sweet, uh, the snowman money. Uh, no, what was it? Fat man, fat man money. Fat man, snowman, snowman, something different. Fat man he's, money. He's got that sweet, sweet chicken run money. What do you think? Uh, I'm gonna go. Oh shit, it was a lot. I'm gonna go four hundred fifty million. Okay, what do you think, LPJ? No, I am LPJ. I'm not LPJ. <laughs> oh, sorry. Wow, it's uh, late, right? You know. 
Yeah. Tush. Tush, what do you He's think? You got that sweet, sweet bird on a wire money, which I want to do that movie. <laughs> Never seen it. And I think he's got five hundred million. Four hundred and twenty-five million dollars for Mr. Mel Gibson. That's before the sequel to The Passion comes out, then. <laughs> um okay, anything uh you guys specifically want to talk about? Uh, before we start getting into the plot of this, I saw, did you guys see, that the historical accuracy of the costumes was overseen by the Smithsonian? I did. Yeah, so I guess that we, we might as well talk about, like, the historical accuracy in general. That like So there are things that gets dead on, like you know, the, your costumes, stuff like that. So the big controversy, kind of, historically, is that the character is clearly based on the Swamp Fox, Francis Marion who they made a Disney show about back in the 60s starring Leslie Nielsen as a Swamp Fox. <laughs> and I can sing the song for you, but we'll do it later. Um, but they're like, you know what? The real Swamp Fox is a slave owner, so we don't want to make a movie where the, the hero is a slave owner. Yeah, can I say that I, I, I like the fact that Mel Gibson clearly owns a plantation in this movie, and they're like, oh, he's got slaves. No, they're all yeah. free men that work on his plantation well, in like, South Carolina. Hour, think, oh, this dude has slaves, you know? Oh, well, actually, God. Mel Gibson has said that he thinks it was the wrong choice, and they should have just addressed it. But, so, and then, and also, they gave him some other stuff, a little bit of, um, a little bit of George Rogers Clark, a little bit of Robert Rogers, stuff like that, like, so they, they made him kind of amalgamation, and that was actually the same. That's mostly basically like all the characters except um, Tom Wilkinson are like amalgamations. So like like you know um, Jason Isaac character they call him Tar you know his, his the character they call him Tavington. The character's name the historical guy's name was Tarleton, and it's just like they make little changes so that it gives them some more freedom, but at the same time. They made the Jason Isaac character worse than the real character was in real life. Cornwallis was kind of dead on because he because they 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 lost he lost America and then he went and he fucked things up in Ireland. You know they made him governor general of Ireland after he messed up America. It's like oh yeah, good job English, but um so yeah there's there's some issues with that there's some issues with the fact that like you know some of the battles and stuff like that. One of the big things is it kind of contributes to the myth that like the American Revolution was won by militia and it just it just wasn't. It wasn't till um, Baron von Steuben came over and trained the regulars, and then Kuchesko taught them how to make earthwork, and Pulaski trained the cavalry. So anyway, the whole I, kind of the myth was like, oh yeah, it's just like a you know, a bunch of militia came and won the the American Revolution. That really wasn't the case, but it's still a fun movie. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. The they went through seventeen drafts of the script. Yep. And um, they enticed Mel Gibson by making his character have six kids. And then when Mel Gibson had seven kids, they added a seventh child to the script. <laughs> Another thing, and I mean, this is kind of cutting into role reversal, but I think it's funny that Kevin Spacey was the original choice to play the Jason Isaacs role. Yep. But they're like, oh, now that we paid Mel Gibson $25 million, we don't have enough for Kevin Spacey anymore. <laughs> so a bunch of people didn't get groped because Mel Gibson wanted more money. So... <laughs> Um, okay, well, how about um, how about we just start getting into it because there's a lot sure, to lot to get through, and then um, <laughs> it's a lot of movie, guys. It's a lot, lot of movie, movie, a lot of movie, and we're not. I'm gonna not even the extended cut. You guys let me know if anything shows up in the extended cut. Um, so yeah, my first note is just that, like, oh man, I forgot that Roland Emmerich directed this, and then my second note says, wait, does Mel Gibson own slaves? Eek! But then, like I said later on, they're like, no, we're all free and we work here. Uh, okay. So I'm like, Mel Gibson has a lot of kids. Uh, he has seven. Um, everyone, the start, of the, movie, the start of the movie is basically just like everybody getting really excited about a letter, like the mail getting delivered, which just shows you how boring life was in 1776. That it's just like, man, it's really exciting that the mail's here. Um, and like, I, I don't know, it's, it, it's a weird kind of gag they have where Mel Gibson apparently is bad at making rocking chairs yeah what a he, weird like, thing to put in there <laughs> yeah and it's it like it's so point. weird because he's like checking out the chair and he thinks it looks good and he sits in it and it breaks and then it kind of comes up later where he checks out cornwallis's chair um okay so anyways we're in south carolina in 1776 mel gibson has seven kids uh, his wife is dead um the, the, it's like the very i would say like 
at this point, uh, Tush, like, how long would we say that, like, the, the war has been going on? Like, is it, like, fairly I mean, really early into started it? started in 1776, you know. Well, I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I know that that's when it started, but I didn't, because it's, like, clearly the wars are I mean, going there on. there was, you know, tensions and, like, little, like, you know, hostilities and such, but, yeah. It's yeah, I think the, because the beginning of the movie is they were voting whether or not to yeah the fighting was already going on in the north and they were right but it was like little, what i'm saying but in the north it was like little skirmishes it wasn't like full-on yeah. war and Lexington what they were voting, Concord, you know right or, what they were fight what they were voting on essentially in that scene coming up is you know do we join and essentially you know declare war like because that's really what they were doing <clears throat> right um so yeah so like mel gibson's like hey the the assembly's been convened we're going to charlestown um uh he goes to see his dead wife's sister who he clearly has the hots for which is kind of weird uh <laughs> and also um i want to ask you this now i feel like it's maybe there's some more in the extended cup but i feel like it's really kind of glossed over but like she's like pregnant and has mel gibson's baby at the end of this movie right uh yeah no she does they don't really yeah. mention it at all kind of until then I think and I was like, a- "Hey, we need to at least get me back to six. My character can't have less than six, and we're two down." So, um, so anyway, so yeah, so they go to have this assembly. That's when you first see Chris Cooper, and he's there on like behalf of the American Army, trying to you know recruit people. Uh, also, that's where we see Ada Baldwin, uh, and I, you know, there's some political debate, which is always fun to see in a movie. Wonderful, um, and, and Mel Gibson. That's already. Over two and a half hours long. Let's add yes. some political debate. And uh, like Mel Gibson knows Chris Cooper because they served together in the French and Indian War. Uh, but ultimately, he's like, he's like, I don't. He doesn't want to go to war with England. He's like against it. Uh, but the levy ends he's up kind passing. Of a bitch for the first like forty minutes of this movie. It's true. It's true. Um, he uh, wasn't the story that Chris Cooper served under Mel Gibson. I think he, he said with or under. Yeah, it was you know. I think they both served under Washington was right. the implication, I believe. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so the levy passes. Then against uh, Mel Gibson's uh, wishes, Heath Ledger enlists in the army, uh, and he like writes letters home and you know about the war. There's a montage of fight battles and and whatnot. Um, so then a wounded Heath Ledger, sometime later, shows up at the house. Um, uh, he's um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought. He was in a battle, and, like, the, the lines got broke, and he's trying to deliver some, like, papers. Anyways, and then there's, like, just, like, a battle just breaks out in the front yard of Mel Gibson's plantation. Um, and it's, like, at night. I thought back then they didn't fight at night. I thought they were, like, oh, it's night. We got to stop fighting. <laughs> Not all the time. <laughs> okay. That was actually and... one of the scenes that they added extended. Okay. Yeah. there's more to it, they end up showing even more of it. Okay, gotcha. Um, so then we go to the next morning, uh, and Mel Gibson and like all his uh, 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 people that work at his plantation and stuff—they're all—they're treating to all the uh, the injured, like both like the American and the British soldiers. Um, and, and like a, a one British commander comes up and he's kind of nice. He's like, "Hey, thanks for taking care of His Majesty's soldiers." Blah blah blah. But then Jason Isaac shows up. And he sucks. And yeah, he like, he's got sand in his vagina right from the get-go. Yeah, and he's like, I'm stealing your slaves. And he's like, hey, they're not slaves. He's like, I'm still taking them. Uh, and he's like, burn his house on fire. And he's like, whose papers are these? And they're like, oh, they're Heath Ledger. So he's like, take Heath Ledger. They really uh, could just said, yeah, they're on one of those dead guys over there. Yeah. That and they're seems like, the smart thing to do. Right. And they're like, well, get Heath Ledger. We're going to hang him. And he's like, He's like, I'm going to shoot your kids, and he doesn't. But then, like, Mel Gibson's second oldest son, like, runs to try and save Heath Ledger, I guess, and then did, then does get shot by uh, Yeah, Casey I, I have a note here that says, Everwood is a real dumb shit. <laughs> uh, and he calls him a stupid boy. Uh, and then um, he – so then, like, uh, that's when, like, Mel Gibson, like, that's when he goes into, like, uh, attack mode. Uh, after his son gets killed and he like runs in the house and comes out with a comical amount of like weapons. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. It is. He, he might as well have just grabbed the trunk and brought it out, but instead he just <laughs> loads his arms up with all his stuff and comes on out with it. 
Um, so he grabs like his... like, hey, eight-year-old, hey, ten-year-old, we're going killing. Yeah, so yeah, he grabs those sons and they go to ambush the uh, British so they could, um, so they can save Heath Ledger and like, he, you know, it's kind of like, I would say like a way to introduce like kind of like the guerrilla tactics like he's going to use yeah. throughout the movie because he's right. like hiding behind trees and shooting and stuff like that. And... Pretty highly influenced by Last of the Mohicans. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Which, and that, and then he goes, Ooh, then he goes, hey, yeah. Then he goes yeah, ham on some great. soldiers with a knife and a hatchet. And they make it kind of seem like, oh, man, the hatchet's like his signature weapon. But, like, he uses it at the beginning and then a little bit at the end. And that's it. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah. So, and that, that's also where it kind of comes in is, like, the the, ra- like, the rangers, like, that, that is, like, so there were, the, the where the, like, militia really made a big effect was in the Midwest. And that was kind of, they call them the long knives. And those kind of things, they would have a hatchet and they'd have a long, you know, knife. And they'd really just mess shit up you know and but they were all experienced you know like you know frontiersmen and that was kind of the vibe there you know right so they save Heath Ledger um uh that's when that's when we find out that uh Adam Baldwin is a dirty traitor which doesn't really pay off at all like I kept thinking he was gonna have a moment where like he like I'm I'm turning against the British or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was very easily he, convinced to be completely evil. He's like, he oh, had a moment. Like they, the they set down. him up. They set him up right before that church burns. He's to, for him to turn around and say, "Now nah, I'm out." And he's like, "Okay, I'll burn the I'll burn the thing." It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. No payoff. You never see him he, die. He takes a long pause where he's like, "Oh, I don't know about burning this church full of people, civilians." And then he's kind of like, "Ah, fuck it." And he's like, "Man, just kidding." Torch. Give me another torch. Give me another torch. <laughs> um, okay, so then Mel Gibson takes his family to uh, his wife's uh, sister's house. Um, I, 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 uh, I like the part where he's like talking to the sons, the little kids that he had murder people, and, <laughs> and the uh, the one son's like, uh, uh, he's like, oh, like, he's it. yeah, he's like, I killed those, I killed those men, and Mel Gibson's like, oh, well, they were. They were bad or whatever, and he's like, "I'm glad I did." <laughs> like, I'm glad they're dead. It's just like, oh Jesus, that, you know, like if it, the lifespan back then was like more than like forty, that kid was probably gonna maybe forties being generous. Um, luckily, luckily, school shootings weren't as bad when they were muskets. So, wow, <laughs> Jesus, come on. Uh, so, so anyway, so Heath Ledger's Heath, Le- Heath Ledger's like, ah, I'm gonna leave to rejoin the army. Mel Gibson's pissed about it, uh, but then he ultimately ends up like, "All right, I guess I'm going to join the army too." Uh, and Heath Ledger stops at a house and just like watches a battle in someone's backyard, I guess. And that's where you see the guy get the, his head knocked off by the cannonball. Yep. Um, so they go and meet up with Chris Cooper, and that's where we're introduced to the French dude. And he's like, "Oh, oh, oh the French are sending soldiers." Um, oh, and that like, was, wow, that was good. Your it's French like, is better than my English. It's like Chucky Carrios right here, guys. <laughs> yeah, and like, seriously. And like Mel Gibson has like, uh, like a like a rep like the whole time. Everyone's like, oh, he's like, I know what you did to my countrymen at the Fort Wilderness. Um, Wait, is John Claude Van Damme in this movie? <laughs> goodness, so good, um, so good. So, but but we'll find out about Fort Wilderness later. Uh, Chris Cooper makes Mel Gibson a colonel. And then he's kind of like, yeah, I guess like go form a militia and peace out. <laughs> he gives some real, real just general idea of what to do. He's like, well, here's what we need. We need some guys. Uh, we're going to make you colonel. Go get your buddies and make a militia. So then we get uh, like the first of like five scenes of uh, uh, Tom Wilkinson as Cornwallis yelling at Jason Isaac about stuff like hey stop just like murdering eight-year-old boys and stuff and jason is like ah maybe i'll stop doing it but he doesn't (laughs) (laughs) Um, then so like heath ledger shows up at a town there's like some people like hung out in the front uh he's trying to get people to join the militia and then like a bunch of people dramatically stand up and join the militia including the priest of the town um, oh no! You know from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, guys. It's all right. <laughs> Star Trek Deep Space Nine. So then Heath Ledger asked uh, asked the guy for permission to write to Anne, uh, the guy that like has bad hearing, so he's got the thing that Dave mentioned that like is a joke that happens like three times in this mm-hmm. movie. You know what he's doing? Uh, he's just drawing her dick pics. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I hate it when I write a note and then don't remember what it's in reference to because I just have in quotes 
God save King George, and then I wrote LOL. But I don't remember. Well, because that's what they do when they walk into the tavern. They try to get their... Oh, see if all that's really right. Rebels, that's you know? right. Thanks. Thanks, Tush. I'm glad you're here. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Mel Gibson goes to a pub and signs up a bunch of dudes. Well, was, uh, and, hold on. I have a question about that. So he walks in and says, you know, God save King George. But then he clearly knows everybody in that bar when they walk up to sign up. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's a fun like, game they have. Like, cheers. That's true. They, did, they did seem really angry, and then he goes back in. They're like, oh, how's it going? Remember, remember Fort Wilderness? I killed a bunch of Frenchies. Um, so anyway, so then, like, we get a thing where Mel Gibson, like, throughout the movie, he's uh, the, the son that got killed, the first son that gets killed, like, had a bunch of, like, tin soldiers, metal soldiers. So, like, throughout the movie, Mel Gibson's, like, met, melting them down and turning them into, like, bullets or whatever you musket put in. Balls. Yeah, musket yeah. balls. Sorry. Um, so, <laughs> so then they go and they start killing a lot of redcoats, uh, using the guerrilla style, uh, tactics, you know, like ambushing them. And you know what it reminded me a lot of? And I, whatever, I'm sure this is real, but it reminded me a lot of like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, yeah. where they, like jump out of the woods and like rob carriages and stuff. Yes. Uh, except this one, they're just like killing everyone. And then Heath Ledger's all uptight. He's like, oh, we shouldn't kill dudes that want to surrender. <laughs> and Mel Gibson is like, uh, all right, yeah, I guess we won't kill people that want to surrender. Uh, and, the and then he's like, oh, we should kill them. <laughs> he does, later on in the movie, I made a specific note that the French guy makes a joke about killing, still killing wounded guys. <laughs> everybody laughs. Yeah. He's like, oh, I still kill some wounded soldiers when maybe when you don't look. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, you crazy snail. <laughs> wow, we're really going to town on insulting everyone sure. in this episode. I've gone after the English. You guys have gone after the French. Yeah, our, our French uh, leader uh, listenership is not happy with us right now. Anyways, they're okay. like, oh, 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 I am so mad I will not drink wine and cheat on my wife tonight. <laughs> no, no. The French hasn't gotten such rough treatment in a movie since uh, Liam Neeson just like goes to that French detective's house and shoots his wife in the first, <laughs> in the first <laughs> uh, oh, like, scene in the movie. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so like they, the thing that they intercepted was apparently like Cornwallis was like a personal effects because they get like his dogs and his journal and stuff like that. And I like how they talk about eating the dogs and like he's just kind of laughing and Mel Gibson's like, yeah, no dog because it's a fine meal. <laughs> uh, and Mel Gibson reads Cornwallis's journal, which is like comes into play like seemingly three hours later into this 10 hour movie. Uh, okay. So they also like blow up uh, uh, Cornwallis's supply boat. Um, and, and then, they then like, Heath Ledger goes to stay with Anne and her dad, and <laughs> they sew him into a bundling bag, um, <laughs> which seemingly seems to be, like, a sleeping bag that they sew him in so he can't bone. They, they still leave him in the room together. Like, I feel like he'd definitely get an over-the-bag HJ <laughs> in that, you know? Yeah, or, you know, she could just, like, unsew him. Yeah. It's so, it's so weird, though, because I feel like this movie... <laughs> Wants to have it like both ways. It wants to be really dramatic and serious, and then like the lady's like, "Oh, don't worry, I'm a better sewer than my mother was." Like, oh, let's both do the teed prank on each other. On, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's so gross. By the way, I said that like she's like feeding him tea, and then the, he has like black teeth, and then like they cut back to like she has black teeth. I'm like, that is like gross. Yeah, but her teeth I feel are, like it'd be really funny if they were both wearing like white the next morning, and they're like, never mind. <laughs> So you know um, yeah, no, we I know where you were going with that. We're good. We can move on. <laughs> so then Mel Gibson and his men get caught in a trap set by Jason Isaac because finally they're like, oh, maybe. So they're like, oh, instead of you know, like it took him this long, they finally set a trap. A bunch of his militia get killed. Uh, but I, I don't know it, the the size of his militia in this movie is always confusing to me because it's like it seems like. 90% of them get killed in this scene, but then he's still got a ton later on, so I don't know. Um, and then, so then Mel Gibson finally tells him, um, tells Heath Ledger what happened at Fort Wilderness. What do you want to tackle? What happened at Fort Wilderness? Yeah, basically, 
Uh, so they're really they're basically they went to another fort and they got there and the, the French and their Indian allies had massacred everyone, including the women and the children. So then when they caught up with those with those French and Indian troops, they uh, just killed all of them and like took a long, you know, basically tortured them and like and dismembered the Indians and sent their uh, sent their remains back to the tribe, which is actually kind of. It wasn't quite that gross, but kind of inspired by something that George Rogers Clark did. And um, then, uh, yeah, so then the Indians like, broke the treaty with the English. And there really was, I mean, there was a battle of Fort Wilderness, but that was a completely different battle than what they're describing. For all I know, this could be Fort Wilderness at Disney World, the campground. <laughs> you know, some shit may have happened there. But, but yeah, so it's kind of like the whole massacre thing was kind of inspired by the same a Fort William Henry massacre that happened that they show in Last of the Mohicans, but gotcha. Yeah. Um, so then uh, they they capture a bunch of Mel Gibson's guys. So he goes to meet with Cornwallis to try and do like a prisoner exchange. He gives them his dogs back, his Great Danes, and he's like, "Hey, I got these officers." Uh, you know, and he looks and he's like, I don't know their names, but there's like, you know, he talks about them. So they agree to exchange the prisoners, but then it was like all like a ruse because they, you know, they weren't real. And Jason Isaac's all mad that they're letting him go. So he tries to like provoke Mel Gibson into like, I don't know, killing him. So I guess attacking him something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he does um, the same thing to Harry Potter years later. Uh, but it doesn't work. Um, and, and then, like I said, then it's like, oh, they didn't really have any prisoners. They were just a uniform stuff of straw. And Cornwallis is pissed about it. So then he's like, hey, you know what? I guess you can go and just murder anyone you want because <laughs> I'm really mad now. So just, like, go and kill everyone. Yeah, um, and, and, and it really I, says and, something about where, like, you know, um, Jason Isaac sees himself, like, later in life. He's like, hey. Tell me about Ohio. That guy's going to be a huge Ohio State fan later in life. Um, Okay. So, uh, I'm like, I have my like abbreviations because I don't like to write out people's names that I got confused. So, Adam Baldwin, finally at this point, Jason Isaac's like, hey, like, what do you know about? Like, I don't know why it took him so long to question Adam Baldwin well, he about this. He didn't Mel know his Gibson name. Was oh. He just knew the ghost existed. He didn't know who he, who he yeah. actually was. Okay. So he tells him about Mel Gibson's <clears throat> dead wife, sister's place. They go there looking for him. They torch the house. That's like the British's go-to move in this movie is to set stuff on fire. Um, and, and then they – so then, like, Mel Gibson and Heath Ledger and the militia show up, and they take his uh, sister's – his dead wife's sister and the kids to, like, a – like freed slave community, I guess, on the beach somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Go they really softball the entire slavery issue in this movie. Yes. Um, so then, so then, Jason Isaac starts uh, going after all the militia's families, uh, and then, like a dark scene, that one guy like goes and finds his like wife and son dead, so he shoots himself in the head with a musket. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> super dark. Yeah, it's like a pistol. Oh, sorry, sorry. Be <laughs> harder um, with the musket. Uh, and then, so then, so then he's like, "Hey, you know what? Everyone, take a leave and go see your families or whatever." And he goes to see his family, and that's what I have a note that says, "Man, this movie is too long." <laughs> so Anne and her family show up at the at the like slave freed slave community, and her and Heath Ledger get married. Um, and then Mel Gibson just starts making out with his dead wife's sister, and I'm like, "Eek!" But you know, whatever. I guess. <laughs> She's like, I'm not my sister. He's like, I know. And then he starts making her. <laughs> kind of weird. Um, <laughs> so then, like, um, then like the leaves over. So they all go back, and they're not sure if like the militia is going to show up. But then everyone comes back, and that's when the French guy makes a joke about killing wounded soldiers while Mel Gibson's not looking. Um, so yeah. So then we cut to the town where Anne and her parents live. Uh, and that's when they put everybody in the church and they're trying to figure out like where the militia is hiding out. And this guy's like, they're in the swamp or something like that. And they're like, great. And then they lock the doors. And that's, that's the part where he tells uh, Adam Baldwin, he's like, all right, set the church on fire. And he's like, oh, but they're like non-combatants. He's like, yeah, but still set the church on fire. <laughs> and that's what Adam Baldwin is kind of like, oh, you think he's going to be like, no, I'm not going to do it. But then he just like, 
throws the um the thing and sets the church apart. And I gotta be honest with you, I hadn't seen this movie in so long that I was like, oh yeah, like someone shows up and, and gets everyone. No. Oh no, they burn to death. <laughs> so, that is a theme that Mel Gibson likes to explore in his movies is the good guy kind of failing to save people. Like I, yeah. I remember even an article from back in the day when this movie came out, they talked like, we think about a lot of his movies, he never actually succeeds in saving that people. He's only succeeds in kind of like avenging them, you know? That's fair. And then you think, like, you know, Braveheart, it happens. And mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon 2, it happens. And, like, I mean, this happens, you know, multiple times, you know? So yeah, it's kind of a theme of his. Don't forget when Tony Stark's talking to Loki and he tells him, it's like, if we can't save the Earth, we damn well avenge it. True. Um, Robert Downey Jr., best friends of Mel Gibson. So there oh, you go. Well, there you go. Uh, okay. So, yeah. And so, yeah. So they all die in the church, which is super bleak. Um, and, and they show and they show up and, and um, Heath Ledger's really sad. So he he takes off with like, again, like they're like he left. Uh, but they like, I guess he left with like half the militia that was there, including the guy from Deep Space Nine, uh, the priest who gets killed. And then that lame scene where the priest is like dying, but he still like throws his like rifle up in the air. Uh-huh. And like Heath Ledger grabs it and like shoots Jason Isaac. But then Jason Isaac kills. Uh, he plays possum. <laughs> He plays possum on the ground, and Heath Ledger takes so long to like walk up and stab him that he like he's like, Haha, "I'm not dead." And he turns around and stabs him with a with a um, uh, bandit. Yeah, it's like in wrestling when someone takes too long to pin when they're showboating, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm like. I, like, I mean, I guess to your point, what you were just saying, uh, Tush, but it's like at this point, like, w- why does Heath Ledger? N- I mean, okay, R.I.P. in real life, but why in this movie does he have to die? Like, what? Like, Mel Gibson is already motivated enough. Like, why at this point does does like you know what I'm saying? Like, why? Yeah, like, I than- think it almost makes would make more sense to have him stay alive and have him kind of like you know just kind of like show how like you know, he like, gets consumed by revenge like for his wife and stuff you know and like yeah he makes him a little more vicious you know it but. just seems unnecessary when you've already killed one of his sons to set up his motivation and then have and another his daughter-in-law yeah and then like ha- have another one i just it it's at this point and at like two hours into this two hour and 45 minute movie it's like why are we still setting up like mel gibson's motivation for wanting to kill jason isaac well you know? here's one for you in the original script they were going to explicitly say that Anne was pregnant with his grandchild when she was burned in the church yeah. oh god and they do kind <laughs> of allude to it in one of the there, there's an extended scene that you didn't mention it when they're yeah. at, when they're at gullah in the at the on the beach like area yeah a man doing anything for his family. Right. They're sitting, him and Mel Gibson are sitting there together eating an apple and um, talking about that. And he alludes to the fact that Anne's pregnant. I should note that Mel Gibson is cutting the apple up. They're not just holding it and eats, trying to eat it late <laughs> in the trance style. Right, right. That was later. Um, okay. You know what? We're in the home stretch here, guys. So uh, Heath Ledger's dead, and I have a note that says, good thing Mel Gibson still has five more kids. <laughs> hey, six on the uh, way, buddy. Uh, so so Mel Gibson meets back up with like Chris Cooper and the major part of the army, but he's like he's like really sad and he's like I'm quitting, like I'm not go ahead without me, I quit. But then he changes his mind really quick because after he buries Heath Ledger, he finds like this American, this torn up American flag uh, that Heath Ledger found that he'd been repairing. So then Mel Gibson, like in a very seemingly rip off a of Braveheart moment, he like catches up to him on horseback and he's oh, like yeah. waving the flag. <laughs> Um, so, um, uh, I, I do like right before the big battle when, uh, our, our favorite guy, Frenchie McFrencherson shows up and he's got his full, like full French regalia up and on. He's like, if I die, I would die with dress. <laughs> that was so good. That was so good. I know I'll do the rest of the episode in French accents. <laughs> uh, so then the big, huge, I give it three more guns. The, the huge battle set piece. Uh, of the, the the end of the movie takes place and like this is where like the um the uh the journals of cornwallis come into play because mel gibson's like i read his journals and he doesn't respect the militia because like apparently the militia would always be like oh shit and they always like fold and like take off after they stood in front of another army and shot at each other at point blank range but anyways so they use that to the advantage because they make them think that they're retreating so they all take off after them but like the bigger bulk of the army is like waiting behind this hill and then like 
yeah. So they so they they have um, a, a big battle. That's where we see that cannonball like take some people's legs off. Like, um, and I couldn't understand. They were firing the cannon long before anyone was in range of it. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure that. Out. And they were firing it at their own men. Like, I, don't, I didn't understand what the point of that was. Like, why? Why fire the cannons at all? It's like move. Yeah, it was very confusing. So then, um, in the middle of this gigantic battle, uh, Jason Isaac and Mel Gibson have a pretty prolonged one-on-one fight scene yeah. that nobody Where else gets American involved. American flag in. is used as a spear at one point. That's true. Uh, he does he's, that thing on the Simpsons uh, later. He spears a horse with it. They have a pretty, uh, pretty intense fight, which Mel Gibson actually kind of gets the worst of it in the fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then he stabs it. He he kind of pulls the same possum move and stabs him with the bayonet. Uh, but it's weird because it's like it's like oh, it's a callback to when Jason Isaac do it. But he didn't know that that's how Jason Isaac killed Heath Ledger. But well, anyways, Heath Ledger's a little bit alive. Maybe he's like, oh, let me really quick. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you exactly what happened. Real quick, I I was going to stab him, and I thought he was down, and then he turned around. Um, uh, but Jerry then sleeping bells. I do like that Mel Gibson does shove a bayonet through Jason Isaac's uh, neck. And in a movie where we just saw people's legs get, like, cut off with a cannonball, they're like, let's be classy and not show this bayonet go through his throat. Like, okay, like, now we're going to, like, be reserved. Um, and then basically, like, what this movie posits is that this battle was the turning point of the entire American Revolution. And Wallace is on the run, and they got him pinned down in the north. And then the the French army finally shows up, and they're like, "Oh, ho, ho, we are and here! Was, we are yeah. in boats!" Oh, oh. And, and, and so it was basically an amalgamation of two battles, one of which the Americans won, and one of which they lost. But it was still a pyrrhic victory for the English; they lost a lot of people. But yeah, it's still like really, I would say probably like you know Yorktown, Saratoga, you know, not so much you know these two. I've been to the Cowpens battlefield of where it was based, you know, and uh, they have a whole thing about oh yeah. The, this guy who's not Jason Isaacs really was that bad. Hmm. All right. Stop flexing or you're going to rip your shirt, bro. Uh, okay. So wow. they, win, they win the war. Uh, Mel Gibson uh, goes home uh, and, and all his militia buddies are there rebuilding uh, his house. And that's literally the last note <laughs> that I have for this movie is, wait, did his... Is did his dead wife's sister have his baby? Because like they show her and she they're reading a letter from him and she, I'm like, oh, wait, is she pregnant? And then the last scene, they get off the carriage and she's like holding a baby in her arm. And I'm like, okay, that seems weird to throw that in and not address it at all. But anyways, that's the end of the movie. Also, so that's- I don't, I, I, I don't think they ever even name the guy. So I, I don't love calling the one character the freed slave. But I don't think they ever say his name. Are he and Donald Logue lovers by the end? I, feel like I, would, they say, are. I would say probably. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know what his. I think his name is Ock Ockham. O C C A M. That from looking at this, I think that's he's. I think that's oh. based. But I don't feel like they say it that much. So. I don't feel like they say it. But um, yeah. So that's it. We made it to the end of the Patriot. That is the story of Mel Gibson single-handedly winning the American Revolution. Uh, so anytime you enjoy freedom, thank Mel Gibson for it. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, what, what what else do we got that we want to talk about? Do you have some uh, more it's a role reversals? Okay. Oh, there's a lot of role reversals. There's yeah. a there's a there's a few. Uh, it, this was originally offered to Harrison Ford, but he turned it down because it was uh, too violent. And, and uh, too simplified. And too simplified. He said it boiled the revolution down into one dude wanting wanting revenge, which <laughs> is basically what it is. He said, now look at my earring. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> just like that, too. It's like he's right here, guys, with the French. True. And then uh, he was like, I got to go fly and crash a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Calista Flockhart? Uh, the uh, Gabriel Martin uh, role. Was... Wait, can I? Can I say? Yes, just that, go ahead. That reminds me of. I think it's an Onion like uh, headline. It's like, or maybe it's like a Hard Times one. I don't know. And it's like, it's like we asked Harrison Ford what Han Solo's favorite meal is, and his response: "I wish George Lucas would die." What? It was. It would have been much wow. funnier had we understood what you said. His response was, "I wish George Lucas would die." 
Yeah, it's like a joke because it's just Harrison Ford so mad all the time, and he probably hates. I mean, I was able to say it without. Thank Thank you. Anyways, back to your well worth careening this podcast to a halt. Yeah, this this spot. It's now you've upset George Lucas. Thanks. Awesome. Anyway, big fan. Sorry, George. Gabriel Wallace. No, Gabriel Martin. (laughs) Uh, Joshua Jackson. Elijah Wood. Jake Gyllenhaal, Brad Renfro, and Ryan Felipe, Felipe were all up for the uh, role. And I heard Freddie Prince Jr. too. And Freddie Prince Jr., yeah. And, and eventually, obviously, went to Heath Ledger. Um, and then, like you said earlier... I mean, all of those but Brad Renfro would have been good. Yep. And then, like you said uh, uh, said earlier, uh, Kevin Spacey for uh, the, uh, the Tavington role. Yeah. Um... Well, I heard Pepe Le Pew for the French role, too. Was it was going to be him. He got right up there, like, test screening. It was but, either going to be him or it was going to be uh, Wilfred Brimley, but his character from Hard Target. Oh, hey, true. Hey, Charles. Don't bring up Pepe Le Pew. I think he's canceled these days, all right? So, I think well, he that, is, that's yeah. why he didn't get a part in the movie, because of signing with a production assistant. Um. <laughs> um, on a sad note. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, so not only did uh, Heath Ledger pass away, uh, but also the youngest daughter Susan passed away of a drug overdose as well. And not of a drug overdose, but Renee Abeljul or whatever uh, also passed away. He did. He, he passed away of, 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 of cancer. Yeah. But yeah. you know, there's a lot of people that are dead in this movie. movie. Leon Rippey, I'm fairly certain, is dead as well. Uh, I don't know. It, it just it referred to him in. Uh, in Present tense, and I looked up who he was. So. Oh yeah, no, he's alive. Look at that. He's seven. What, what about what about the Star Trek guy? No, he's dead. He, that's that's Renee, what we're talking about. That's Renee. Renee. Oh, he got beamed up, is what you're saying. He did beamed up to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> he did. I know it was sad, guys. I I like um, you know, I like to read uh, stupid facts at uh, IMDb. List. This one of them says the bayonets used were all retractable, so the. <laughs> Extras could safely stab each other. Like, no shit. They didn't use real ones? Okay, cool. Oh, this movie sucks now. All right. All right. I'm anything good. else? Anything else? Or should no, we just get to the just, rating? Let's just rate yeah, this thing. Yeah, let's get to it. Okay. All right. Ooh, uh, what, what are we doing here? Who wants to go first? I'll go, I'll go first. Uh, um, why don't you go first? I'll go first. Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, I hadn't watched this movie like i said in over a decade and i remember really liking it and it turns out i just kind of think it's okay i think i don't think that i enjoyed it as much in this rewatch i feel like it felt very long to me like and i don't ever remember it feeling long but like this watch i was like oh man this movie like i feel like they maybe could have made a tighter movie like maybe like a two-hour movie and they probably could have cut a lot of stuff and made it and and i and i like mel gibson in it he does he actually has you know he has a good performance in it like he does you know like you know and and some of the battles are really cool but like i don't know i just thought they kind of went over the top with like like i said before with like jason isaac and making him evil and it's like hey we get it you know like He's evil, and I don't know. Uh, but I do have fun, and I don't know. I, I'm just – I'm going to go right down the middle. I'm going to say two and a half machine guns because I really was not as enamored with it as I think I, I remember being. So two and a half. Okay. I'll go next. Do it, Tush. Um, go next. I I like I, – I see – I definitely see your point. Like, I really feel like there was a time with historical movies where, like, no, it has to be at least two and a half hours. When – again, I think that – you could have cut out almost the entire storyline with Gabriel and Anne, and I don't think the movie would have suffered for it. No, because um, it, it has zero payoff. They both die. Yeah, so what's exactly, the point? Yeah. Like, if, yeah, the whole thing is like, oh, you're fighting for the next generation. At least leave one of them alive, you know? Like, maybe kill Gabriel and then still have her with, like, the baby or whatever. But it's like, Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a, yeah, it, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I, mean, I, still, I still definitely enjoyed the action, and, like, you know, I like... Uh, I almost like how much the English hate it. I don't know. <laughs> it's the Irish in me. So I'm going to give it three and a quarter machine guns. All right. Uh, LPJ? Um, yeah, this movie, it did feel a little long this time around. I mean, I did watch the longer version, so that was probably <laughs> part of the reason. Um, 
but I still enjoyed the movie. Like it's, I would watch it again. You know? Yeah. Uh, the, the performances are fine. Like I thought, you know, I, I didn't find any flaws in the acting really. I mean, I'll, I thought everybody did a, a good job. Um, it did seem over the top at times with kind of this, it's kind of a movie of extremes. Like you have an extremely villainous villain and then you have like these really weird extreme uh, points of violence mixed in with bits of humor. And it's, it's just, it's very strange the way they kind of pull all that together. Um, it's certainly not going to be something you play for historical accuracy. Uh, I wouldn't except for those costumes, except for those costumes, maybe the costumes, but overall, you know, I enjoyed the movie. I don't, I don't dislike it. Uh, I would absolutely sit down and watch it again. Um, but I certainly see, you can see the cracks. Like you can see, where yeah. the movie could fall apart for most people. It definitely needs to be tighter. It, it's a very long movie. You could cut out entire characters. and see, I mean, Realistically, if you think about it, you could cut Gabriel and Anne completely out of the movie and it wouldn't change anything. It's true. Not You're really, no. Right. Because Mel Gibson's motivation isn't Gabriel. His motivation is his other son that died. Right. They make it his double motivation two hours and 20 minutes into the movie. Right. And you know you could you could very easily cut cut that character out, and it wouldn't make it it wouldn't make a difference. And that's a that's an issue with the plot. I mean, that's I think that's the biggest issue with this movie is the plot, uh, the length, and just the overall structure of the film. But the performances are good. Uh, it looks good. Uh, the, the set design is really nice. Like the effects are very good, very well done. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three machine guns. Um, and I would absolutely watch it again, but I get why people would not like this, especially the British. Do you think that the character he says his name was Occam is like short for awkward conversation? Because um, it's a, the whole awkward conversation that this movie is trying to avoid. Um, that was yeah, no, I yeah, I don't think that's the case, but I, 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 I know, just making it up. No. Um, all right. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't think we're all of us are too far apart on this. I think the only thing is that, like, I would probably wait another decade before I watch it again. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tush, anything that you want to plug? Yeah, I've been. Uh, yeah, I'm still. I'm still waiting on a couple. So a little bit of feedback uh, for my uh, my novel, and I'm. Uh, I gave a copy to Hovercraft Joe, and I don't think he has opened it. <laughs> and but I'm going to give one to. Um, to give one to LPJ's wife. So I feel like she's a higher intelligence sort of person than Covercraft Joe, you know. So, and then I've been writing some short stories lately, so and then we'll see about getting some of those out. So keep an eye out. Yeah, if you have a short, if you have a short story you want me to review, you'd get feedback a lot sooner than like a. I my apartment and Kindle are littered with half-read books, so I have a problem focusing on books. Yeah. How many of them were written by one of your dear, dear friends? Do I you, mean, do you have the book electronically right now? No. Well, actually, I, yeah, I do. Oh, but only in like a PDF form, not like in a Kindle thing. I, I should, you're right. I really should get that. Uh, I think. Get that. I think my wife would probably read it. Look, if anybody's going to read it, it's probably going to be her. Um, yeah. But I think maybe she would more. She'd be more apt to read an electronic version that she can take with her wherever she goes. I think it's it's not expensive to get it like turned into something that can be put on a Kindle file. So I'll definitely I, I should look into that. That's a good call. Yeah. Uh, sweet. Anything else you want to plug? I, uh, as always, would like to plug uh, Tubi. Uh, this movie was not available on Tubi, uh, unfortunately. Uh, I'd also like to plug Pluto TV. Uh, Pluto TV now has a channel that shows nothing but the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. Oh, really? Uh, Ooh, yes. Interesting. So, yes. Do so, they show Pluto Dash on Pluto TV? Uh, I mean, they might. They show a lot of stuff on Pluto TV. They also have a station that just shows episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is pretty awesome. And it's free. So, Pluto TV, Tubi, um, and, and I'm sure LPJ is going to talk more about the Discord. So, pig it, LPJ. I am. For, but first, though, I want to compliment. Dave on the amazing sea base that he's recording from. <laughs> Thank you. It's a wonderful I borrowed it from the leg too. They weren't using it anymore. <laughs> beautiful sea base. Uh, Dave has a background up on his camera, so pulling the True. curtain back, guys. That's what's going on. 
Uh, yeah, so check us out on Discord. You can talk to us about how much you loved or... Oh, my God, Joe's a dinosaur. You can talk to us about how much you loved or didn't love the Patriot. Um, you know, and, and just let us know if you if what you think. We've actually had... If you're English and French, some, or English or French, just let me give you one more. Go fuck yourselves. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, we actually, the fact that we've, we've announced, uh, not doing theme months has sparked some debate with people on discord, uh, pitching in movies that they think we should do. Uh, and we'll see maybe, but probably not. Um, but let us know, join, join the discord, go to gamezillamedia.com or just Google search for our discord and you'll find the link for it. Join it, uh, chat with us and, uh, yeah. And join the community. It's, it's fantastic uh, to chat with everybody. Uh, anything else guys? Any any closing thoughts there, Neon Pink uh, Hovercraft Joe? Yeah, Hovercraft Joe wants to plug filters, apparently. <laughs> uh, no, I'm good. I just uh, want to thank the uh, Tush, as always, for being on. And who knows? Maybe he's going to be on next week, too. It's quite possible. <laughs> uh, joke's on you There's guys. There's an yes. equal chance of that. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> yeah. This episode of Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs>